0: This week, we are finishing up a recent trilogy of just terrible stories uh, with the tale of Nathaniel Barjona, Uh, just a terrible dude, and you're going to learn about him. It's Our Weird World. Our Weird World. Welcome to Our Weird World, I'm your host, John Henson, and this week we are looking at the story of Nathaniel Barjona, just one of those people who just wanted to be a terrible person, you know, because apparently that was more fun than being a decent human being. So, um, shorter episode this week, but you know, you probably deserve a break after all of this terrible crap, so let's jump into it. Our story takes place in Worcester, Massachusetts, and it is absolutely pronounced Worcester. It's Worcester. It's pronounced Worcester. Worcester, Mass. You know, even though it's spelled W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R, which is, you know, more properly pronounced Worcester. But no, people from Massachusetts always talk like they have like a mouthful of mashed potatoes. And like, I hate to derail the whole episode right off the bat, but... You know, people always talk about how Southern accents, dumb sound accent, but I will fight you on the notion that the Boston accent is beyond dumber sounding than a Southern accent. You know, it's just, I, yeah, we in Worcester, Mass, we in Worcester, Mass, you know, and uh, you know, there's, there's people all around, you know, we have had attacks and uh, you know, we got cars a lot of cars here and uh, you know we like burgers a lot of burgers mostly chatter lots of chatter clam chatter not not the not the not the new england chatter that's gross but but the boston boston chatter it's much better and you know even though Tommy, he left the pats that's fine cuz we still got the socks and, okay, I, like, it's, just, it's bad, and I hate it, and it's the worst. And Boston people, Boston people are also equally, if not more, racist than Southern people. You know, go ahead, like, try to fight me on that. Like, you're going to find a lot of information that backs me up. Anyway, um, Worcester, Massachusetts was the birthplace of David Paul Brown. And I know what you're thinking. I, wait, I thought this episode was about a guy named Nathaniel Barjona. And it is, and we're going to get to that. anyway uh david paul brown's life got off to a very inauspicious start when at age seven he lured his five-year-old neighbor into his basement and that's that's not a good start um and he was going to show her uh the new ouija board that he had gotten that could predict his future which already like really bad um apparently the Ouija board predicted a future that involved uh, David strangling that little neighbor girl to death. Uh, fortunately, David's mother heard the little girl screams and intervened before she could get murdered. So crisis averted there, but, you know, not a great start. Six years later, uh, David lured a six-year-old boy over, over to an isolated hill, claiming that David wanted to go sledding with him. And, you know, if David's definition of sledding was the same as sexual assault, then, you know, everything's fine. But, you know, obviously that's, that's not okay. Uh, David also had a weird habit of just picking at his scabs and then sucking the blood out of them. And, look, like, we all went to school. That's not, you know, a controversial statement. And, and I don't know. I like I always knew of a kid who picked his scabs and like sucked the blood out. And, you know, I think everyone did. Everyone knew that kid in school. And if you were that kid in school, that's really weird. And you're kind of gross. Um, the, the problem, the problem, you know, with. What David did was that every time he sucked the blood out of his scabs, he would develop, like, this weird orgasmic look on his face as he did it, you know? And, like, I never saw that. Just, like, I would just see people pick a scab, suck the blood, and, be you know, just go on with their life. But David would just, like, you know, scratch, 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 and... Oh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. You know? (laughs) I don't know why I had so much fun with that. Uh, Teachers repeatedly called David's mother about it because it was just really upsetting the other children around him. And that's totally understandable. I would get really upset, too, if someone did that. Uh, In March of 1975, David, who was still in high school at this point, uh, impersonated a police officer and abducted an eight-year-old boy. Police eventually found David's car with David inside and the boy with him. And the boy was covered in blood, urine, and feces. But he was somehow still alive. Don't know how. Um, And for whatever reason, David was only given uh, probation for this assault, and he was let go. Uh, A few weeks later, David drove down to Hartford, Connecticut, and abducted a nine-year-old girl. Uh, When she began convulsing from the brutal assault that David was providing, he tossed her out of the car and drove home. One witness saw the entire thing happen and wrote down David's license plate, which eventually led to his arrest. But... Because people in Massachusetts are just clearly devoid of any sort of common sense or morality or basic human decency, uh, not only did they release David from his probation and parole a year later, but they gave him a thank you letter for his cooperation. Like, sure, like, I get, you know, good behavior and all that, but for someone who has brutally and grossly assaulted two small children to then give him a thank you note, it's just like. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, In 1977, David uh, pretended to be an FBI agent and convinced two boys at a movie theater to go with him on a ride. Of course, those boys were taken out into the woods and severely beaten. Um, And as David strangled the two boys, he also thought it would be fun to flick the ashes of a cigarette on their bare skin. Uh, He then began jumping on one of the boys' chests, which he thought eventually killed that boy and it's good to note here that at this point david weighed 375 pounds so he had no reason to doubt that jumping on a on a teenage boy's chest would absolutely kill him Um, when he thought that boy was dead he took the other boy tossed him in the trunk of the car and sped off Um, somehow though the boy that david had Uh, jumped on and sat on his chest somehow survived and told police who then came and arrested David and actually rescued the other boy who was somehow still alive in the trunk. Like how these two survived is absolutely miraculous. Um, But rather than being let go again, this time David was given a maximum of 20 years uh, in prison for attempted murder and he was transferred to an insane asylum. And here we go. In 1984, David changed his name to Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona because, and this is exactly true, this is 100% true, he wanted to know what it felt like to be discriminated against as a Jew. Like, this guy wasn't Jewish at all, but, you know, he's a nutcase sitting in an insane asylum, and he's like, I only changed my name to uh, something super Jewish. And I just want to feel what it's like to be a Jew. Yeah, I think think that's a great idea. Um, Later that year, and I want to make sure I explicitly mention this judge's name because he's a complete idiot. uh, Superior Court Judge Walter E. Steele uh, ruled that the state of Massachusetts failed to prove that David was dangerous to society and actually signed his release from prison. All right? Like, I don't... I don't know like even if there was some like bureaucratic paperwork involved that got missed or messed up like you just look at what he was arrested and put in prison for and you and at that point like you know he's a danger to society but again superior court judge Walter E. Steele who I, I don't know if he's still practicing or not but he's a complete moron signed his release because he said that the state of Massachusetts failed to prove that David was dangerous to society, even though it was really obvious that, you know, David, who's now, you know, you know, Nathaniel Barjona, was a gigantic danger to society, like, figuratively and literally. Like, the dude weighed nearly 400 pounds, and he also has just an extensive track record for assaulting children. You know, like... And not not just that, here's another detail that I haven't even bothered to tell you yet, but his psychiatrist in the asylum had written record that he fantasized about the taste of human flesh. But no, no, the state of Massachusetts hasn't clearly shown that David's a danger to society. Like, dude, come on. Anyway, on uh, August 9th 1991 David uh, or Nathaniel Barjona at this point uh, found a seven-year-old boy sitting by himself in a car and uh, Nathaniel walked up to the car, opened the door and just sat down on the boy's lap um, although he was a hundred pounds lighter you know good for him for losing weight, you know he's only 275 pounds now uh, although he was 275 pounds, uh you know the boy began suffocating to death between you know beneath david's just fat body um when the boy's mother arrived luckily like before the boy was dead uh david jumped out of the car and ran away um a police officer uh who took the report recognized david's description from 15 years earlier uh you know and the descriptors the description probably included phrases like obese jiggly neck Pervert mustache, utterly creepy. Um, all of those very, you know, if you look at pictures of Nathaniel Barjona online, is exactly what he looks like. I'm not just saying mean things about him, just because I can. Like that's like literally what he looked like. Um, and so, police were able to find him and arrest him. This time, uh, Nathaniel was sentenced to probation in Montana. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he was just sent to another state. I guess Montana is just where we send our worst people. But um, on February 6th, 1996, 10-year-old Zach Ramsey was reported missing in Montana. Um, his body was has never been found, and here's why. Uh, around that time, Nathaniel, who was somehow not in prison for any reason, uh, started holding several cookouts at his home where he served burgers, chili, casserole, spaghetti, and meat pies. Um, just, you know, you could probably put the rest of this puzzle together uh even though an investigation of his financial records revealed absolutely zero grocery store purchases for an entire month following ramsey's disappearance even more people made several comments to david about the taste of the meat but david's claimed that he would just simply gone out and shot a deer like oh no it's just deer meat it's deer spaghetti or deer meat pies or deer burgers it's definitely not you know human boy <laughs> anyway um and you know There's no no way to definitively say that he killed the kid, chopped him up, and served him to his neighbors, but I think it's pretty obvious that that's what he did. Uh, Police ended up investigating Nathaniel for the murder and even found—like, here's the thing. They even found a list of boys' names, including Ramsey's name, on that list with the word died next to it. (laughs) All right? Like, this is how preposterous this gets. They then collected testimonies from his roommates, who noted that David often brought Ramsey up in conversation. They even found bloody gloves and a coded notebook that ultimately revealed confessions to torturing and eating other children. But, because the murder police sometimes are just so preposterously inept, they took all of that evidence from Nathaniel Barjona's house, all right, notebooks full of kids names including the including Zach Ramsey who was clearly chopped up and fed to the neighborhood and they did absolutely nothing with it. Just they're just like, oh yeah, well this is this is pretty interesting. It's pretty entertaining. Uh eh, whatever, you know. Uh 3 years later, like nothing happened. It's insane. 3 years later, David or Nathaniel Barjona was arrested again for impersonating a police officer because that's clearly a more serious offense than serving up little boy burgers. Um, and when investigators searched his home, they found dozens of magazine clippings of young boys, a human bone and recipes that included things like, like these are the names of recipes he had on there: French fried kid and little boy pot pie. Come on. Like how much more do you need? Um, Apparently, that was enough this time. And, you know, just for good measure, they added several more charges. And uh, Nathaniel Barjona was finally given a 130 year prison sentence and finally locked away for good. Uh, He was found dead in his cell on April 13th, 2008. And thank God that's the end of the story. Oh God. Like I don't know, man. Just sometimes like these stories get so frustrating because it's so obvious in hindsight, like what should have happened. And then like even reading and learning about, you know, how the the justice system worked and and the reasoning that judges gave for setting people free, like it still doesn't make sense. And you I just I have no idea what logic they used to justify that at the time. But you know, whatever. Let's uh let's see what we learned today that the state of Massachusetts and Montana clearly did not. What did we learn? Number one, don't give a Ouija board to your kids. Like whether you believe in paranormal stuff or not, like there are a lot of, there are a lot of stories around how using a Ouija board has gone very wrong for a lot of people. So, you know, maybe just, just don't do that. You know, if your kid gets a Ouija board as an adult, nothing you can do at that point, but you know, don't give it to a little kid. All right. Uh, number two, you know, look, if you are curious about what it's like, to be uh treated as as someone who is of another race or an ethnicity or culture or whatever uh don't just change your name like first of all that's just a really convoluted way to go about doing it there's a lot of paperwork involved uh and it's also pretty insensitive you know like i'm not gonna like if i'm curious about you know the plight of black people i'm not gonna go change my name to you know Demarius or whatever like no I'm probably just gonna go talk to some black people And be like hey what's up you know What's uh what's new in your world Or I guess you know what's the same (laughs) In your world as been for last You know several decades um anyway Number three hey hey Police this is a special one for police look If you're searching someone's home And you find A notebook Where the kid that you're Looking for uh His name is in there And the word died is next to it. And uh, there's several, albeit loose connections to the fact that uh, the guy's house that you're in killed that kid and then uh, chopped up his body and served that kid as like spaghetti and meat pies and steaks or whatever. At least question the guy, you know, maybe do some DNA testing, you know, do a little forensics work. Don't just not do something about it idiots next week on our weird world are you ready for just like some fun stories uh we're gonna have like i like i get it you're probably burned out with all of the depressing stuff and so For the next couple of weeks, we're going to have just some nice, wacky stories. Uh, In fact, the next two weeks is going to start a two-part series on some wacky wars that have been fought over the course of humanity. Uh, Part one next week, we'll cover some just strange wars that were actually fought on American soil. Um, We'll we'll cover the Walton War, uh, the Toledo War, the Honey War, and the Pig War. Um, all of these are very real. I'm not making them up. So, you know, if you like war, uh, or at least, you know, <laughs> very loose use of the term war, uh, you will enjoy the next couple of weeks of episodes. So thank you all for listening and hanging in there <laughs> for these terrible topics these last couple of weeks. Uh, but remember, just keep telling all your friends and always keep it weird.